Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist, here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach and trainer, Michael Lafito. Welcome to another episode of Luxury Listing Specialist. I'm your host, Michael Lafito. You're in the right place if you're a team leader, you're a broker owner, or you're an individual agent, and you're looking to bring more value to your clients. You're looking to work smarter, not harder. You're looking for the principle of slight edge, just something different you can bring to your marketplace that you can articulate differently than your competitor so that A, you win more opportunities, but more importantly, B, you can bring more value to your clientele and get their home sold. So we have a couple guests today we're, we're excited about, but before we go into that, just a reminder, if you guys have any questions whatsoever, if you guys have any questions whatsoever, literally you can type them in the comment sections. You can type them in the comment section uh, again, we are here at Luxury Fridays uh, and literally type your question into the comment section. It's that simple. And we're looking forward to today's guest. But before we do that, just a, just a reminder, uh, if you are watching a replay of this, if you're watching a replay of this, you can send me an email, Michael at MarketingLuxuryGroup.com, Michael at MarketingLuxuryGroup. You can ask your questions by sending me an email. And again, we are, uh, we want this to be interactive. So literally just type your questions into whether you're watching this on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, you can literally type in your questions without downloading anything. Uh, we took a, we've only done a couple of these over the summer, a lot of travel, a lot of different events, but we're back to our regular schedule now uh, here in the Chicagoland market. School starts next week in the suburbs. And uh, we're going to be getting regularly into our live streams again. Some really exciting announcements. Uh, the first announcement I want to uh, share with you. The first exciting announcement is literally uh, we are for the first time ever, first time ever, we are launching one-on-one -on -one coaching with myself. It's going to be very, very limited. And we're going to be providing so much value, but also some different resources, other courses that we've created. So it's going to be once in a lifetime opportunity. It's going to be very exclusive. If you're interested, shoot me an email, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com. It's not going to be cheap, as you can imagine. We are limiting it uh, to 10, only 10 agents or broker owners that want to launch a luxury division or team leaders or individual agents that want to work smarter, not harder and increase their average sale price. And again, if you are committed, that's you, then shoot me an email. We'll get you the details. We'll set up a, a exploratory call. I'll ask you a bunch of questions and you'll get those over to me. And now we'll be determined whether or not, um, you know, I think we might be a good fit again. So we're not limiting it to brokerage. We're not limiting it to the states. So if you're outside of North America, but you are serious about increasing your average sale price, I've coached agents, I've coached team leaders, I've helped brokerages launch luxury divisions, but we've never had a formal announced coaching program. And we are rolling this out to 10, only 10 agents, 10 team leaders. So we're excited about that. Reach out to me if you have any questions. All right. So I'm going to bring on uh, a guest here in a, in a moment. And uh, this gentleman is a newer agent out of Tennessee. He's got some, he's got a really cool $4 million property that he's marketing. And uh, I want to show you that first. So I'll show you the, the property. And, and this way you guys can literally see this property. It's, it's unique. It's beautiful. It's in Franklin and Franklin, Tennessee. It's a little over 8,900 square feet. And I'm going to bring on our guest right now to talk about this property. Um, John, you there? Yes. Yes, Mike. How are you? How are you? Today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. 
Absolutely. If you can talk just a little bit louder, um, that would be that would be awesome. Th thank you for being here right now. And you have this really cool property. It's four million dollars. Um, again, people can see it on the screen right now. It's a five bedroom, six bath home. It's a little over eighty nine hundred square feet. Uh, it's come down in price over time. You're currently at four million dollars, but you know you were you were listed before. If you you see the history here on the screen, you could see, you know, originally five point six million. Uh, it's a couple, you know, in about fifteen months ago in May of twenty twenty two, they were at five point six, and you currently are at four million. Even you recently did a price change in May from four point two five to four million. So. Thank you for being willing to, to be open to some tips and some suggestions. Not all agents are doing that, but I know you want to you want to sell this home, right? But you also want to attract more of these opportunities and you want to sell more of these. And so you agreed to being on the show. So I appreciate that. So tell us a little bit about how long you've been a licensed agent for. Yeah, my name is John O. Uh, so I've been a licensed agent for uh, under a year. I'm still my first year. So I got my license back in November of last year. Uh, I was a solo agent for a month. And I was looking at some teams in the area, seeing what uh, what's out there. Uh, joined the team back in December. And I'm still with them. Uh, they've been fantastic so far. It's been great learning under from all the different agents on the team. Um, and also just picking the brains and picking up a lot of nuggets from them. So it's been good, great so far. I don't think I've learned, I would have learned uh, as much being a solo agent. Sure. Uh, so definitely glad so, I did. So you, is this route. $4 million listing something that was handed off by the team or no, you got it? That's something that I got. Um, so awesome. it was so a, let me, let, let me first say congratulations. There's, you know, 1% of agents in America will have a $4 million listing ever. And you got one uh, in in your first six or seven months being licensed. So congratulations. Yeah, well, thank you. And I also have the credit to the team uh, just for the, the teachings. And also they, they came on the listing appointments with me, uh, which helped just because uh, it was an experience and I just don't know how to run. You don't know what you don't know, right? Right. So... It's I say that all the time. You don't know what you don't know. Not just you, me, anybody, right? You, and, and and so you got this listing. Uh, this was a canceled or expired. You, you called them or you sent a mailer? Yeah, it was an expired listing. I, I called a seller uh, back in January and it took so license three months. Left in three months, uh, you called yeah. the guy in January. Now, most people wouldn't call a seller when you've been licensed three months and you've a, probably never even sold a home, let alone you're calling a, a four and a half million dollar expired listing. So kudos to you for stepping out of your comfort zone. That's one of the benefits of not knowing what you don't know, right? Some some people overthink right. things and they think I'm not even going to call because of the what ifs. So congratulations there. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely tough just making the calls, but that's the most important thing you have to do, especially as a newer agent. It's all about Legion, and I just happened to, to get lucky and pick, picked up the, the listing, but it wasn't easy. It took took three months and a bunch of different phone calls and uh, several meetings, but just hard work and being persistent, uh, also being likable and trustable to the sellers. Uh, I think that's what got them on board. Uh, people work what they like. Uh, people work with the people that they like and trust, right? Yeah, I say that all the time. Daniel S. Kamen, Nobel Peace Prize winner, says people would rather do business with someone they like and they trust rather than someone they don't. Even this, this likable person is offering a lower quality product and service at a higher price. So even if this likable agent hasn't sold anything, but you build trust because you're a good listener, you got a good demeanor, you're not pushy. So kudos to you. So thanks for the little backstory. So let's talk about this property. The purpose of us doing SWOT analysis and fresh eyes analysis is we're not just talking to John and giving him pointers, but we're also 
educating the rest of you so that you go back to your inventory or the next time you go on a listing appointment, you can articulate your unique value proposition differently, more effectively, which gives you the insider edge to hopefully get hired. So, so this has been on for some time. You, you, you did a price reduction. Uh, is the current $4 million price, is that your price or their price? Yeah, that's a good question. So like you said previously, uh, on the last listing, it was at 5.6 and 4.9, uh, which didn't sell. And uh, we picked up the listing, we ran comps on it. Uh, we got around $4 million when we did comps, just based on the recent sales and the price per square foot. Uh, we also did an appraisal. Uh, it came back at 4.6 million. So we decided to go just below at 4.25. Then after the first month, uh, there wasn't much activity. So we talked to the seller and decided to reduce the price to four. So but the buyers will know that they, they're moving in with equity just based off the appraisal. So, okay, good. That's kind of how we got uh, come to that 4 million. Okay. And uh, how have you, you know, you have an appraisal that creates urgency that shows the value. How did you leverage the appraisal out of curiosity? Yeah. So like we just did it before we uh, decided what price we want to go in at just because the seller listed the home a year ago. Um, and obviously there was not much interest there. So we just decided to come to an agreement that, Hey, let's do an appraisal and then we'll list the property based off of what the appraisal comes back as. Uh, okay. so yeah, that, that was kind of how we good at that. Mm -hmm. Good. For those of you just tuning in, uh, uh, I'm working uh, right now. We have an agent. He's been licensed less than a year. He got a $4 million listing from a cancel and expired. Uh, I'll show you a picture of that here in a second that we asked him how he came up with the price. They did have an appraisal uh, done. And so that, thank you for sharing that. That's important. Uh, so let's get back. I'm going to pull up this, this property again here for those of you that didn't see the image. This property is currently on the market and I have some additional questions on from here. So let's, let's discuss how much activity you've had and if you've had any second showings recently. Yeah. So we have had a couple showings so far. Uh, we actually have one scheduled for uh, later for today so that we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but yeah, people have been coming in through the open houses and a couple more have made contact saying their clients were interested. Uh, we do require proof of funds, so that may limit the amount of showings that we have, uh, but we want serious buyers to come in when we show the house. Yeah. So one of the other houses in the neighborhood uh, that's for sale, I talked to the agent, they don't require proof of funds, but sounds like none of the uh, people that have come through are that interested. Uh, so yeah, we just don't want to waste our seller's time. Yeah. And so that's why we do have that proof of funds. Yeah. Yeah. N nothing wrong with that by any means. Um, you know, one of the things that you and I talked about because the home is very uh, taste specific, like a lot of houses are, but there's a lot of busyness with some of these pictures. So you had some virtual staging done. Uh, and so let's talk a little bit about that. I'm going to get to that. that. So th th this is an example of virtual staging. So they have very heavy drapes and artwork and, and very taste specific area rugs. And so you had some virtual staging done. Uh, and, you know, how have you been able to, to leverage this? Have you been able to go back to buyers or agents that uh, perhaps had view viewed the home previously? Um, how have you leveraged the virtual staging? Yeah, so prior to the virtual staging, we didn't have much activity, uh, but we have been getting some more activity uh, since we got the virtual staging done. So I would say neutralizing the property and just showing people like what the possibilities are out there, um, just make them visualize it. I think that has helped in gaining some more attractions to the yeah. home. Um, as you can see, the home is very specific and ethnic to their uh, liking. So 
I can definitely understand if it's hard for people to visualize. Yeah, uh, it's very hard for people to visualize. Do. One of the things I talked to with Jonathan, because I've coached him up a little bit so far on some things is, you know, 10% of buyers and agents can visualize. So we literally have put together a portfolio, a book on before and afters, basically case studies, kind of like Jenny Craig with weight loss, you know, before Jenny Craig, after, before us, after us, by neutralizing, staging, Okay, what we what we emphasize. And so, you know, I have another guest coming on here in about five minutes or so. And we're going to talk to her about a property that she's representing. But Jonathan's had this on for some time. It's four million dollars in Franklin, Tennessee. It's very taste specific. Just a reminder, when someone builds a home, guess what? They bring it in into your designer to to make it their own. Well, when you go to sell, OK, you want to unwind making it your own and appeal to a larger mass of buyers. So that's what Jonathan and I, you know, had discussed with some things here. And um, I do appreciate uh, you sharing these pictures. Let's talk a little bit about your competitors, your biggest competitors. I'm going to share an image here. You got, you're on at $4 million. There's a home that comes across uh, the screen right now. It's listed at 4790 so 800 grand more. Um, it's new construction. People always pay a premium for new construction. 20% or more people will pay for a similar house. Uh, so this this is $718 a square foot. Uh, it's Is it more updated than this, or is this about it? Still dumpster, still framing out. Uh, still time for a buyer to maybe put some of their finishing touches on some things. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think uh, they're supposed to finish by the end of the summer. Have you walked through it? Uh, I've not. Uh, okay. They're still working on it. Uh, but yeah, I, would just I, I might make that recommendation. You go over there, walk through it. Most of the time, these contractors, the builders probably not even there. Just walk through it. Pretend like you know what you're doing. And just say, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm an agent in the area and uh, I have a potential buyer and uh, and maybe even give Amy a heads up the agent. But if I were you, I'd walk through that. Um, so that one's 4.8. And this one is uh, about 1.9 higher. It's also in Franklin. It's similar square footage. So on a price per square foot, yours seems to be a, a better value. Um, they have probably a little bit better lot based on what I'm looking at here because Yours is kind of end of a cul-de-sac and you're in a fishbowl a little bit with yours. And this seems a little bit more of a private setting. Have you, do you have any idea what kind of activity this one has? Yeah. So I actually called that agent, uh, I'll say two, three months ago. Uh, she said they've had four or five showings, but no one really serious. Okay. So, so that home is open to show, uh, they don't require proof of funds. Uh, so they might have a little bit more showing than ours, but it sounds like they just don't have serious buyers as well. Yeah. So so many agents have a scarcity mindset and, and, and or they don't know what they don't know. So one thing you spend a few months. So I would touch base with that agent and I would say, ask what kind of activity uh, they have. <clears throat> Let them know that, hey, we're hosting an open house this Sunday because you are, aren't you? Yes. Yes, we are. So I might say, hey, I'm hosting an open house this Sunday. And so if you've had some people that come through and maybe their max is three or four million, they can't afford yours. Hey, I, I, we're cheerfully paying out whatever you're paying out, two and a half percent if you bring us out a buyer. So keep us in mind. And I'll do the same. If I have some people that for whatever reason come through the open house, ours isn't a good listing, I, I'm going to be giving you a call because the other one's not ready yet. And and so have a collaboration with the other agent, because many times I do sell my competitors because they don't like my listing for whatever reason, the location, the floor plan. And so don't have a scarcity mindset and reach out to that Kristen Dawson. And she might not even think like you do. But if you think differently, I, I tell people all the time, the most listened to radio station people listen to is what's in it for me. And so if you can provide something on a silver platter for the other agents, they're not even thinking about that's a that's a win-win so 
what kind of sales and and we'll, I'm going to be bringing on my other guest. I see Austin and Katrina in the waiting room. I'll bring you guys here on in a few minutes. So thank you. Uh, so J John, what kind of activity uh, as far as marketing are you doing to both consumers and other agents to let them know about this home? Yeah. So uh, obviously the open houses we've been doing, uh, we've done like drone footage and videos uh, for the property that we post on the MLS, as well as the property website. Uh, we've done the virtual staging to help neutralize the home. Uh, we've partnered up with you to get more exposure and also get tips on just how yep. to market this property better. Um, actually, also a couple of location scouts have reached out. Uh, they were interested in using the house uh, for a film that they're making. Uh, so we've- Was your seller open to that? Yeah, they, they were open to the first one. Uh, fortunately, they end up not going with our property, uh, but we have another one I'm talking to uh, that they're interested in the furnitures uh, of the home. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, we're on over a thousand websites. Uh, we have the digital floor plans posted uh, and the 3D Matterports. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good to know. I definitely recommend if you have the opportunity to have this home featured in a publication, a magazine, um, you know, there's a house in Tennessee on Page Road that I've, 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 I've gone to private concerts with Cheryl Crow there. I've met with the owner several times. She hired me to, uh, to help her market it. It's back on the market. That was the backdrop for the TV show Nashville on ABC for a couple of years. I currently represent a home in Illinois that was Architectural Digest, most beautiful home for sale. That was the backdrop for Empire on Fox for six seasons. So uh, you can leverage that. The last question um, I have for you, and before I let you go, and thank you, by the way, for being transparent and, and sharing is, and again, we're talking to the listing agent for this amazing property here that's in Franklin, Tennessee. It's listed for $4 million. Um, is uh, you're hosting an open house. Uh, how many house, open houses have you held? What kind of activity? And what are you doing to try to get qualified buyers or agents with their buyers to this open house? Yeah, we've done uh, four open houses so far. And most of them we've been getting from one to three people coming in. Uh, no, the downside is just uh, being in the gated community. Uh, it's a little bit harder to get in just because they have to contact you, yeah. get the gate code. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but uh, social media marketing, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, my personal page, also the our team's uh, accounts. So we put them out there. Uh, also, the EXP workplace. It's a great place to post on there to all the EXP agents to let them know about the open house. Uh, also, email blasts, sending them out to different Good. agents, letting them know we're at, uh, we have an open house coming up. Good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, you're doing the right thing. Follow-up is key. Don't be shy, right? I, I gave John a little grief because last week I wanted him on here, but he thought about it and he came back on. So you're stepping out of your comfort zone. So I'm proud of you. Good job. Most agents, A, wouldn't call on a canceled and expired period, let alone $4 million, three months into the industry. So you have the character traits of a, of a future rock star, top producing agent, because you're willing to step out of your comfort zone and pick up the phone. So I'm really proud of you. I look forward to hearing about how this weekend goes. Follow up with people. Uh, you know, these are all buyer opportunities where build relationships and they realize that you're likable. If this home isn't right for them, you'll cheerfully sell them a three or five or $2 million one down the road. So these are great opportunities. Real estate's all about opportunities. Conversations are opportunities. So keep it up. Um, great job. I got one question for you from an audience member. And they say, did you pay for the appraisal or did the sellers pay for it? Curious if you offered any goodies. Sometimes I hire a contractor to do small repairs before the market, especially when I see the seller is somewhat on the fence or just to solidify a relationship so they trust me more. So who invested in that appraisal? Was that you or them? Yeah, good question. So yeah, the sellers actually pay for it. Uh, they pay for the appraisal. Good. Yeah, and I have nothing but good things to say about the sellers. Uh, they've been 
fantastic people to work with. Uh, they're just super open to everything. His mindset is, hey, you guys are the experts. We'll let you guys handle the house and just let me know like what happens. All right. So the next best thing for this guy is we got to get him to actually stage it, right? So the confused mind doesn't buy. It is very taste specific uh, towards him. So the virtual staging helps, but for open houses that maybe they didn't see it as much online, first impressions are important. So staged homes sell faster than non-staged homes. Virtually staged is better than nothing at all, but that's an uphill battle that I know you have. But uh, keep keep it up. I appreciate you coming on and uh, let me know how the open house goes, okay? Yeah, well, thank, thank you for having me on. I definitely appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, and the last question I have, why do they need to move? And would they be, uh, would they redecorate? So that's a good question because you, you said that they're open to some things. So Matt, I appreciate it. Would they consider staging and, and uh, you know, taking down heavy window treatments, um, area rugs, putting some stuff in the storage? Uh, that's my last question for you before I bring Katrina and Austin on. Yeah, good question. So redecorate possibly i would have to have that conversation with them the the staging part is mainly the concern is the cost it just depends on what the cost is and if they're willing to invest in it that's a good uh, point so they've already lowered it two hundred fifty thousand with you from 425 to 4 million their next price redu reduction is going to be at least 100 grand which is a lot more than staging so i would talk to them about that it's an investment they'll 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 make more money they will net more money at this stage but uh, i gotta let you go i got some other guests coming on thank you john keep raising the bar i appreciate you and uh we'll talk to you soon yeah thank you you guys have a nice day thank you you too all right so i have a couple guests that are coming on here right now i have both katrina and austin say hello to them all right. I, I want to say hello to you guys. Thank you for waiting in the patiently in the waiting room. You guys have a really cool property as well that I'm going to be bringing on here. It's 2.995 million. It's in what do you call it? Lutz, Florida? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Lutz. Lutz. I was close. Lutz, Lutz. It's a major motto. Uh, so tell us a little bit about this. I'm going to pull this property on the on the screen right now. It's been on and off with you and other agents as well it's a it's a beautiful home i was looking at it briefly before we came on so you're on just under three million dollars is that your price or their price as i flip through the photos yeah so um the, the main hurdle with it um is just because it's it's one of the biggest houses in the community the community was it's named ladera estates it was supposed to be all these massive estates so they were like the first lot first house that was built in there house is almost eight thousand square feet and there's a handful of, of the properties in there like the neighbor's house is like 7200 square feet um and then the market crashed in 2008 and so they weren't able to finish building the larger estates so the whole front of the community ranges between like 4000 to 5000 and then the bigger homes are towards the back so from an investment standpoint um you know some of those clients feel a little uncomfortable having the biggest house and most expensive house in the neighborhood but it offers um amenities that the other ones don't because the ones in the beginning of the community are more like cookie cutter spec homes versus this is is all custom um to answer your question about the price so so, so before we talk price so uh, austin i appreciate you sharing that so florida is hopping right i mean you got people coming from new york and the east coast and you know illinois because of taxes and and everything else so so I used to, I was the former chief marketing officer for teardowns.com. And so in my community in Chicagoland, in the, in the Western suburbs, because of established neighborhoods and schools, we're landlocked. There's not a lot of big pieces, parcels available, right? So you have teardowns. And so it's very easy, but it is a common objection for people that think inside the box but it's a very easy objection for me to overcome when people say, well, the other, I'm, I was selling a home in a neighborhood for 2.25 in Arrowhead subdivision and all the comparables are the original homes that are five to 800,000. And so if somebody's looking for a true comp in Arrowhead, 
this isn't the right home. If somebody's looking for a true comp in this subdivision where now the developer went under and so somebody else came in and sold more sellable homes, smaller homes, then then it's just about educating them, right? Letting them know that, hey, if you're looking for other homes in this neighborhood, this isn't the right house for you. But if you're looking for similar size properties, you know, so that's where having maybe a, a third party independent appraisal, an appraiser is going to look at it as this is a one off. I'm not mm -hmm. going to look at the house down the street that's, you know, 2,800 square feet as a comparable. I'm looking for, I'm establishing value on the land. Let's figure out what the lot is worth. Now, once I figure out what the lot is worth, then I'm looking at other similar 8,000 square foot homes in, in this part of Florida. And now I blend them both together and I establish a value. So have you had an appraisal on this home out of curiosity? Yeah, so the answer is no. Um, and the reason being for it, I agree with you. I think that's a great strategy. Um, I heard that the gentleman talking about it on the on the last call before the Tennessee property. And I've done it with properties in the past, especially when stuff starts to sit a little bit longer and you're trying to get them to do a price reduction. Um, in this case, based on where the sellers are at in, in their personality, I think that if I, let's say, had an appraisal done and the appraisal came at $3 million, they wouldn't take anything less for that mm -hmm. appraisal price. So what we've had, we what had one offer. What if it came in at two five though? Yeah, no, that's a great, a great. Would they, point would they, well. would they say we're not taking two five, or would they say okay? Would it make so? Sometimes it's your third party bad guy, right? So what I mean by that, you got someone that stops in your office, Austin. They're trying to sell you a copy or something. You say, hey, listen, I'm not the broker. Uh, leave me your card. The, the broker's the bad. I'll, let me run it by them. You know, we got, we got in my neighborhood. All these kids are selling these coupon books for Tiger football. And we bought up you know, three of them already. So it's a, hey, I got to check with my wife. We might have bought one already, right? So for for you, it's you know you you it's a slippery slope. You want to have a come to Jesus sometimes with the seller and let them know that they might have to adjust the price because ultimately, you know, if you go on Lab Code Agents or some of these 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 websites or you guys are I believe with LPT Realty, if you go to LPs in in, in internal internet and say, Hey guys, what do you think? You know, everybody's a Monday morning quarterback and they're all going to tell you price, price, price. That's the only thing that matters, right? Austin, that's what they'll tell you. But the seller, you know, you got to build a relationship with the seller and, and, and you are in a market where in California for $3 million, you're not getting 7,900 square feet. So in that sense, it's all relative. So, so that, that appraisal, you, it's how you manage the expectations of the seller. So Mr. Seller, just like if you had this artwork I have behind me and I paid $3,000 for it, it doesn't matter what I paid. It's only worth what someone's going to pay me on, on the resale. Same thing with your home. I know you got over $3 million into it, but it's only worth what someone's willing to give you. So I'm, I might suggest we get a third-party appraisal. Now, hopefully it comes in favorable and we can create urgency and say price below an appraisal that was done in August of 2023. But if it comes in less, we don't have to disclose it. Just appraise it 2.5 million and we're at 3 million. We're not going to disclose that, but at least we're prepared based on a third-party expert that they're telling you what we're going to be up against with future buyers. Yeah, no, that's a it's a great point, and I like your your term uh, or your phrase of of saying you know something's only worth what what someone's willing to pay, and we've we've had those um, exchange those words with the seller. Um, the the kind of dynamic of this is is Katrina started off with the the clients, and then um, decided uh, to pass it off uh, more for me to handle. Um, and from there, when Katrina met with them, I, uh, Katrina had told them you know listed around two eight two nine. Um, mm -hmm. based on comps that have recently sold. There was one that was like 7,000 square feet outside the community. They went for three and a half um, that was in more newer construction. So based on that and where the market was when we listed it in the springtime, we were starting a little bit higher. We've had, we had one offer um, at 2.8 that we were trying to pull together. They were willing to take it. So they're very motivated, which is helpful um, from an agent standpoint. Um, they, the buyer for the 2.8 was kind of playing around with terms in the contract and it didn't work out. Um, we had another offer at 2.9. 
verbally, uh, and they're looking at the house again um, tomorrow. So, so fingers crossed on that. But I do like what you're saying about saying, hey, it's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it and, and trying to kind of put repeat that in their brain of, hey, if you do get something for two nine, it's not an insult. That's just what the market's willing to pay for it yeah. right now. Yeah, perfect. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, Michael Lafito, uh, we have uh, two agents in Florida. They have a $3 million property. We're doing a SWOT analysis, a fresh eyes analysis. I literally looked at this home two minutes before we came on the live stream. So uh, we have not exchanged notes. Uh, prior to this, I had John on. He's out of Franklin, Tennessee. He's got a $4 million stale luxury listing. And we did a fresh eyes analysis, SWOT analysis on that. And so some of those questions I asked John, I'm going to ask these two here in a minute. A couple housekeeping items. Again, if you're getting value from this or from previous shows, leave us a like, leave us a review. These guests aren't paid. I'm not paid. We're trying to raise the bar for the industry. Our course, mm -hmm. I'm the founder of the Lux designation at Brand Agnostic. And we got a new book coming out that I want to talk about. Our next book coming out, I'll bring it on here, is Secret to Top Luxury Agents. Secret to Top Luxury Agents is a book that is going to be coming out. It's an anthology book. We have a couple spots left. So if you would like to be featured, you're an agent that's looking to differentiate. You're a team leader, a broker owner. Reach out to me. We all also are featuring a handful of rising stars. So if you're a a great agent, but you wouldn't consider yourself a luxury specialist yet, but you want to be, we are going to feature a couple of rising stars in this book, Secrets of Top Luxury Agents. As I mentioned, reach out to me with any questions you have, and you can go to Secrets of Top Luxury Agents uh, to find out more information about this book, Secrets of Top Luxury Agents. And as I also mentioned, uh, so you can always reach out to me personally or, or go to Secrets Top Top luxury agents and fill out a form there. And as I mentioned earlier as well on our show, we are rolling out one-on-one -on -one coaching for the first time ever. We're rolling out coaching. We're really excited about that. If you are an agent that is serious about increasing your average sale price, then feel free to reach out. We are limiting it to only 10 agents. We're, we're limiting it to 10 agents. But if that's something you're interested in, reach out. Uh, we're excited about that. Uh, you can sh send me an email, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com, michael at marketingluxurygroup. And we are going to be rolling that out here in the next few weeks. But shoot me an email if you want more information on that as well. So, all right. So let me uh, let me pull up your guys' listing here. I'm going to pull up the pictures. Michael, uh, if I may, for just a minute. Please. Tell everybody how you and I met, if you don't mind. Uh, I got you. I had the opportunity to see you speak. You are one of the most dynamic speakers I have ever encountered. And I've watched a lot of terrific speakers. I learned a lot from you and then went on to get my Lux certification from you. Uh, I consider myself a rising star. Um, Austin is not with LPT. Uh, Austin is with Douglas Elliman. Uh, Austin and I were working another transaction together. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, Austin and I were working another transaction together uh, when this property was referred to me. Uh, and I saw in Austin his, uh, his expertise in this luxury market, especially working with um, sellers who have been in professional sports. So he was a great fit for this. I'm super excited. We were able to work together and he's done a great job. So thank you for the opportunity to have us on today just to get a slot on this and to bring more eyes. Um, and so anybody listening today, this property is in Loops, Florida, and it is situated in a top ranked um, school district. So that's what one of the benefits of this gorgeous property along with the pool uh, and that's how Austin and, and I got to be. Little, thank you for a little background, uh, background on that, Katrina. And uh, a couple things, uh, you know, I do part of the SWOT analysis. SWOT, again, S is strength. So what are the strengths of the home? What are the weaknesses of the home? You know, what are some opportunities that maybe you can improve upon the home? And what are threats? Your, your competitors, right? What, what, what do they offer more at a less price? You know, you got to 
You got to be open-minded. You got to be able to articulate this to the seller. And just because when you listed it, these were some potential comparables or threats, there might be a new one that came on. There might be one that sold that justifies your price or hurts your price. You know, you got to you got to keep your finger on the market, on the pulse, so to speak. You know, quick quick looking at this beautiful photo. Love the dusk evening. Love the lights. That's really cool. You know, the only thought I originally had is you know this could be a huge asset could be a detriment as well with people with kids so on one sense i i i can see it showing it later because of it but on the other sense you know i don't know anything about this you know can you fish you know can you have electric uh, pontoon boats is it just a canoeing or is it just for looks only tell me a little bit about what you back up to here yeah, it's it's just for looks. Um, so you can't have a ski boat or anything on it. Um, there is a neighbor that seems to have like a little fishing boat with an electric motor on it uh, tucked away in his backyard. I'm not sure if he's doing that uh, under the radar or not, but the 99% of the time, it's just uh, a scenic view to look at. Okay. So currently, what are you know your two biggest competitors? Are, is there something priced in at 2.5 to 3.5, maybe 4 million that is helping you or hurting you? Yeah. So in the community, um, there's there was a couple properties under two million, but uh, there were there was one that sold recently for one point seven five, but it was forty five hundred square feet. So if you apply that same price per square foot, uh, we're we're a little over three million on that. So our biggest problem, it feels like, is uh, homes that have gone up. Um, that in that size are usually around 45 to 5,500 and going under 2 million. There was a property right outside the community. It was like 7,000 square feet listed for three, seven that went under contract in 60 days, um, ended up selling for three, five. Now it's not in the same community. It's a newer construction home, but based on how high that was, was priced. Um, I've been trying to really push that when people come in the door of saying, Hey, this is instant equity opportunity for you this is an amazing investment it's the second largest lot in the whole community with the best view um you know on a, on a price per square foot like an appraiser is going to use that three five sure um so i'm not concerned about it um appraising the other thing that i think might have hurt us is if you look at the price history of the home it seems like ever since like 2012 they've been trying to sell it and then even in 2020 they had it listed for i believe like 1.8 and they couldn't sell it so these have been motivated sellers trying to sell it i've run into like four or five realtors that are like oh you're the one with the with that property now kind of a thing you know within the industry um granted katrina got them to do a lot of amazing work um, I'm a big proponent of staging and, and design as well. And that house was dark brown everywhere. And Katrina mm -hmm. did a really good job by uh, getting them to paint the whole house white, update carpet. Um, you know, we tried to add accent pillows and declutter and, and add neutral aspects and kind of minimize the space. So I thought that it, the property looks the best that it's ever looked. Mm -hmm. um, so I was really surprised. And, and, you know, over the years, we have a new cycle of buyers coming through that, you know, maybe looked at it eight years ago and the market has definitely um, caught up. So I see your question here. Yeah. Me Tell me about that. activity. What, what any, any people, any second looks? Yeah. So we've had a ton of showings. Uh, so the property has been up for 97 days in that 97 days, I would say we've probably had uh, probably around like 15 showings or so. Um, so really good amount of showings. Uh, I usually, between two and two and a half million, I get a lot of traffic on a property and can sell it fairly quickly in my market. Uh, when I get up to three, uh, three million takes a little bit longer to sell based on that buyer pool. Um, but based on those showings, I mean, we've had a ton of traffic and the most difficult thing that I've found is I'm not necessarily getting like consistent negative feedback, whether it's the price or the design or the condition of the home. Um, there's nothing consistent with it that I can keep going to the sellers like, Hey, your floors, like 8,000 square feet of floors are going to have to be replaced. And that's a big expense. My, right. my rebuttal to anyone that seems like I'm going to have to put a little bit of work into the house is I just say, work it into the price. If you need to put 50, hundred grand into the house, let's just work it in the price. Cause in the back of my mind, I'm like, they'll take something between two, eight and two, nine. We've got some wiggle room there. Um, now, is this a, is this a gated community? 
Yes, sir. Okay. So uh, that, that would be one thing that I would show earlier. I'm looking at some photos here kind of towards the end of your, your photo uh, deck. And, okay. um, you know, privacy and security is important depending on where people are coming from. And uh, looking at these photos, you did a great job, by the way. Uh, but, you know, you have this beautiful entrance here. Uh, you, you literally might, you know, get a get a photo of, and I don't see one, of the guardhouse, right, and the gates. And, and early on, you show that. And because it's probably in your description, but the reality is people don't read. They they flip through. And, and if they don't like what they see or they don't see it immediately, they might skip over it. And so that would be one thing I'd recommend. Um, are you... Uh, Austin, are you Katrina at the showings or? Yeah, I'm present for, for every showing. Okay. Have you done a video on this property? Yes. I have a full, um, YouTube tour guided by me for one personal branding on my end, sure. uh, but also for out of state buyers to get a, a walk through the property versus okay. not like a virtual walkthrough. Okay, good. Uh, have you had thought about having any kind of an event at this property? One of our modules for our designation is event-based marketing. And mm -hmm. not talking broker open where you got part-time Patty, part-time Paul, they're coming for the free giveaways, but invite only influencers in the community through the chamber, through business owners, key top agents that have sold properties. Um, have you done anything like that here? I have not. I've only done, um, I, I personally like doing just regular open houses, but this gentleman, uh, being a former professional athlete, uh, will not allow that rightfully. So, um, when we first listed it, I did a broker's open, um, which was one of my first times do, going the broker's open route, but you're hundred percent right. It was a lot of people that just wanted to come, you know, take a video on their phone. Um, right. and the sellers were like, what was the feedback from the broker's open? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not really too sure. I think people yeah. are just sharing the property. So I have not done that, no. So just a word of advice there, Austin. If I'm doing a broker open, you know, this is not a food pantry. I'm doing a broker open to to get feedback to my clients. So I flat out tell everybody that comes through, hey, feel free, please tour the entire property. We have a survey. Anybody that fills out the survey complete, completely, uh, as a thank you, we have some food, some hors d'oeuvres, you know, a, a raffle, whatever. But the qualification is A, they got to tour it and B, uh, they got to fill out a survey because I want to know them. What do they think of the asking price? What do they think it will sell at? Do Are they currently working with somebody that potentially might be a good fit? And so literally I've had agents come to open houses previously where I had to stop a lady. She was filling her purse with water bottles and a, a plate and had a napkin over it. And I said, oh, excuse me, the food's uh, here for anybody that tours the home completely and fills out a survey. You know, I was nice about it. But in, internally, I'm thinking, you know, I, I can read you like a book. You're here for the free, free food and you're going to bounce out of here. Uh, has it been published who the owner is? Yes, in so negative, well known, in a negative way. It's well known. in negative press, and yeah, in negative press. Okay, yeah, so negative. we're up against that. I would say that is a threat against this um, home as well, and something we would like to combat because they're perfectly wonderful people, um, and we'd like everyone listening and uh, to remember that they're just human beings like all of us. So um, we've all made mistakes, and yes, unfortunately, this this home has made uh, news, um, sure. and. Tampa keeps liking to beat it down. So, uh, so that is something that, and, and another reason we had them remove all of their personal yeah. photos and jerseys and other items as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, but so they're wonderful people and have made amazing memories in this home. There are some adorable children who have grown up in this home. This is, it's an absolutely stunning property. Uh -huh. um, so we're Good. just looking for the right buyer somewhere hopefully listening to this today. Yeah. So, um, you know, just some thoughts off, off hand, you know, I, I sold uh, Khalil Max house, NFL player of the year, Chicago bears player. When we put his house on the market, you know, we, we, you know, we, you know, respect confidentiality, but you have these Hawks, you know, from, uh, from cranes and Chicago tribune and mansion global, they're, they're looking for celebrity, uh, 
properties, those are those are clickbait. Those are what people get. And so we said, hey, we could go under the radar. People are going to talk about it anyways, or we control the narrative and we embrace it and we provide them collateral, et cetera. My point is you might consider some nonprofit, some foundation um, that either your client belongs to, but maybe someone else within that group belongs to, and you bring that other person uh, and he's the face of that that nonprofit and you, you host some kind of event there. So, I'm, you know, you brought up Tampa, right? So maybe I'm bringing up, of course, a, a big name that just retired, but like, let's say Tom Brady's behind or somebody that is behind a similar type organization. You have a nonprofit event at that property um, and, and, and they're the face of it versus your client. If they, and now you bring in some influential people, you bring in, you know, press, you bring in PR, uh, about the about the foundation and the property, not the owner. That's the request. You know, you can give get give and get. Like I've come to big media and say, here's what I'm coming to you with, but I do have a request. You cannot do this. And so they're looking for value add. And if you manage their expectations, you know that that is something um, that they'll respect. Otherwise, you'll when you know you have another opportunity, Austin. They've burned that bridge. You're never going to go to them with it. So, mm -hmm. just some ideas. Um, but when when was your last uh, public open house that you've done there? Um, I haven't been able to do open houses there. So the, I just did one brokers open um, when that when that started, and we've had. You know, we were getting two to three showings, um, I'd say probably two showings a week. So it was going pretty steady for a while to where it seemed like, OK, one of these has got to to pop here. I mean, the sellers have been happy with with the kind of traffic that we've gotten. But I think at this point, they're just a little bit confused. The thing I'll ask, too, is I know you're in a little bit uh, of a different market, but maybe through some of your other students or things like that, um, is if you've experienced slower seasons so for tampa and to clarify lutes is like north of tampa so it's really in the greater tampa bay area i think anyone listening that just kind of hears lutes is like where is that at it's just like 15 minutes north of downtown tampa um so amazing location close to everything um so with that being said i've across all my listings um july was very very slow like for the past 30 days, it was like all of them simultaneously, the showing stopped. And I'm hoping now that school is back in that, that those showings are going to pick up. You know, this party looked at this property probably a month ago. And right before they, they were like, we're going on a cruise for two weeks. We really like the house. We thought we we're going to work out a deal before they went. And then they just went silent. And now they appear to be back from vacation. They want to take a look at the house again tomorrow. Um, so fingers Good. crossed on that. But do you awesome. see that happening for other students? Yeah, of you yours know, or? yeah so, uh, you know, we have clients across the world, right? But talking U.S. specific, uh, definitely seasonally, uh, you know, I'm based in the Midwest. So, you know, July tends to slow things down a little bit. Um, but 2023, you know, we, we've seen, uh, you know, we're, we're down, uh, you know, Inventory's down about a third in the Chicagoland market. Sales are down about a third. Talking to other agents, you know, some markets are depreciating. Austin and some other markets are actually home prices are going down. You know, I got people uh, different parts of Florida. You know, Mark could probably chime in with Naples. He, he he's a consistent viewer. You know, every market is different, um, but you're absolutely uh, correct that you know some markets are very seasonally based. Um, so. The good news for, for you, Austin, is there's other people that are going to take their home off or they're thinking about putting on, but they'll say, hey, we're going to wait till, you know, uh, you know, it's more prime selling season. Well, guess what? You got somebody whose business is on the market and they sell in New York or Chicago or California mm -hmm. or they're sick and tired of sick and tired. They don't care what season is in season. You know, there's less competition. There's less opportunities for them in August, September. So you have a greater likelihood of selling. So keep it on. Um, you guys, sounds like you're doing a lot, you know, all the right things. You know, I might consider, you, you know, open house. I know, I know I'm going to talk to you as if you're the seller right now, Austin, but, 
but you know mr seller traditionally you don't see a lot of public open houses in this price point and given the fact that we want to kind of keep you under the radar i might suggest a hybrid model where it's a pre-screened open house we're in a gated mm -hmm. community anyway so it's not like people are going to be driving up uh, but you know we advertise the open house we advertise that they need to contact the listing agent and it's basically going to be uh, a by appointment only open house but the, the the benefit of that austin if you look at other homes in the greater tampa bay area that are in your price point i'm making up the number but if there are 25 on the market from 1.5 to 4.5 currently I guarantee you, you'll be the only one doing a public open house. That's mm -hmm. that's one reason to probably do it. Do the exact opposite of your competitors. There's buyers out there that want to dip their toe, but they don't want to commit to a showing or get hounded, but they're willing to go look. People buy on emotion and they justify on logic. And that's a reason that you should consider it. In my market, nobody's doing open houses above $2 million. And guess what? We do them. We had two qualified buyers looking at a two and a half million dollar property I represent and people thought I was absolutely crazy. Now what you could do is you can have several team members there, one on the second floor, one on the main level giving tours, one that is floating like the caboose to make sure people aren't just wandering. You know, put your valuables away. Will we get we'll pre-screen them, we'll get their name and pre-approval. You know, we'll know ahead of time. I like that. I think that's a great idea. I do too. I like the hybrid model, the invite only, kind of the exclusive. Um, and we know and who market it is. It. And we know, we who, know it, who it is. We're asking ahead of time, you know, mm -hmm. for, for, you know, you can ask even for driver's license, right? I mean, you got to give your ID to get on a plane. Why should it be a big idea to give, get an idea to ID to sh show a $3 million home? So thinking outside the box, um, it's a great way to A, get properties sold, but it's also a great way to differentiate yourself to get that next opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's great. Well, you guys, uh, you know, we got some great feedback from other agents. Um, so I appreciate you guys being on here. As I mentioned, uh, Katrina, keep me posted. Uh, thank you for uh, coming to the event in May. You know, I don't have a scarcity mindset. I'm all about raising the bar, whether you're with Douglas Elman, you're with Compass, you're with XYZ, EXP, Remax, doesn't matter. Keep raising the bar for the industry because if you don't do a good job, it's a negative reflection on all of us. So again, my name is Michael Lafito. You guys were great. I appreciate you guys and uh, let's keep in touch, okay? Can I ask you one Thanks last question, Michael? Yes, please. Um, and, and you can answer this or, or not, it's up to you, but you, you had mentioned Khalil Mack um, from a future, just a quick answer it would be fine, but just from a perspective of marketing forward, would you suggest me, uh, I've had multiple professional athlete clients, so I have that resume and I'm trying to target that. Would you recommend trying to build relationships with the, the agents um, and those are the people who build the relationships with, or from your career, it just kind of happened that you would get in contact with someone in the neighborhood who happened to be someone like Khalil? Yeah, so this was a referral from like their manager. Uh, gotcha. But yeah, managers, uh, their agents, uh, financial advisors, attorneys, you know, the, the, this it's like Robert De Niro with the circle of trust, right? So penetrating <laughs> the circle of trust, yeah. realizing that you do have a fiduciary responsibility to their confidentiality and that you're going to give them the best advice. You know, I've seen firsthand managers and other people that have selfishly recommended that they buy properties and they're getting a piece of the pie, even though they're not licensed in that state. So, so again, consulting an advisor, you know, I worked with two Chicago bears recently and they were on short-term contracts. I said, listen, it doesn't make sense to buy, you know, let's get you into a rental, you know, a, a salesperson sells them something, a, a trusted advisor, a consultant, tells them what's mm -hmm. best for them, okay? And that's what we do. We have their best interest in mind. That's how you get referrals. And so that's a great question, Austin. All right, well, thank you, Michael. I appreciate All that right. answer. Thank you, appreciate it. Katrina, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for having us today. We love the opportunity. All right, you're welcome. Best of luck, keep me, po oh, Katrina, Contact. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Uh -huh. And if you've got a buyer for this property, 
anyone listening, just uh, contact either myself or Austin. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to put the link um, to this property right now in the comment section. So look for the link in the comment section. If you want more information about this property uh, just outside of Tampa, look for it in the comment section. It's right there. Uh, thank you again, Katrina. Yes, thanks, Michael. All right, you're welcome. Again, you're you're listening to another episode of Luxury Specialist. I'm your host, Michael Lafito. If you have questions for me directly or indirectly, you're watching a replay of this. Again, best way to, to reach out is shoot me an email, Michael at Marketing Luxury Group, Michael at MarketingLuxuryGroup.com. And again, for more information on our book, you can go to Secrets of Top luxuryagents.com. Katrina took my class. If you want to learn how to differentiate yourself, you want best marketing practices, go to luxurylistingspecials.com. Again, I'm your host, Michael Lafito. Make it a great day. Until next time, you're listening to and watching another episode. Take care, everybody. Prove others wrong. Bye-bye.